Okie dokie. Whatever. Okie dokie artichoke. Okie dokie, Kermit. Hi ho there. Okie dokie artichoke. I ought to choke you, Kermit. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what are you talking that? about? <laughs> it's, it's, like Dr. Those, it's Dr. T. <laughs> like in movies where they're like, um, they have characters imagining what other people are saying. And mm-hmm. then they say, I'm sorry. And they repeat like something similar, but perfectly like in, like yes. in um, American Psycho where it's like, oh, I'm in uh, murders and executions. Excuse me? What? Murders and acquisitions. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be like that for the Muppets. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to kill you, Kermit. Yeah. What's well, it like? Uh, All right. See, uh, I'll be there. I'll be there in a minute, Ralph. Uh, just five minutes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Kermit, I'm going to choke you. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what? I said, okay, well, you've been tickling the ivories as long as I have. <laughs> you just feel like strangling some you're, people you're sometimes. Just choke something else. Sometimes you just gotta choke. <laughs> <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> Da, da, da. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome to the Hoopercast Movie Hour, everybody. Would me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 that's uh, that's us. That's me and Dustin, everybody. Uh, just yeah. just talking about the Muppets, yep. Muppets and murder. Well, Sarah and I have this this long time. This is like from years ago when we were dating. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Sonic drive-in and we were sitting there eating and um and i was just like scrolling through on my phone different like music and uh we're just listening to music and just you know chit uh, just like chit chatting Mm -hmm. and um and somehow i ended up like scrolling past an artist that was just the muppets and i was like (laughs) <laughs> All right, hold up. And so I just put on the Muppets and, and it, it made her laugh. And then we just, this, the, it was like all these people at the Sonic and the, the running joke was that they're just looking over at us going, white people and they Muppets. <laughs> 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 and like that's just what we've always said is white people and they Muppets and they Muppets white people and they Muppets so they said that no that's just oh. what we what we said they're probably saying about us <laughs> these dumb white people and their Muppets at the Sonic drive-in <laughs> not everyone is as into the Muppets as uh, some of us are yeah, Sarah is not. So it was she's, very funny to her. Oh, she's not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tara's not either. Tara does not like the Muppets. Really? Not a fan. I just don't think Sarah's ever like watched it really. Like any of their stuff. Well, you know, of course, this is my argument as well. Like, yeah, you haven't really seen it though. But right, sure. if you recall, Tara's first appearance on our show was in fact to talk about the Muppets. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. I uh, know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was my fault. Maybe I. <laughs> Maybe the Muppets isn't the problem. Tara's sitting back behind you going, white people and their White Muppets. people and their Muppets. <laughs> white people and their Muppets. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, well, uh, hi- Heidi-ho, Dustin. How are you? Heidi-ho. I'm good. What's new? A lot of things. Well, I guess technically it's not new for me, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's newly public. Uh, my wife and I are expecting, um, which yeah. is a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um and uh yeah 
Congratulations, man. That's great. Appreciate it, man. All right, you say you're y'all are the due dates around uh, Christmas? Yeah, around Christmas. Woo! So That's awesome. we're 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 psyched. Nice. It's gonna be a fun Christmas. Indeed. Um, yeah. I'm I'm very happy for you guys. And uh, well, thank you, man. And and you guys announced something cool too. Are, are we sharing that on the show? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "What do you mean?" It's <laughs> like we did. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry, I had pop tarts. It's for a blur. Breakfast. Um, we yeah. are we are on our on our fourth child, so it's yeah. it is not front of mind when people talk about <laughs> stuff. Um, we uh, we recently announced uh, we uh, are we are having our, our fourth child is a boy, so that will be my third son. Yeah. Um, and so that that rounds out. Uh, we we it was gonna be it was gonna be a tie make. We were thinking it might be a tie maker pregnancy, but uh, no majority male household. It's just yep. my wife and my daughter <laughs> holding yep. holding it go. down for the for the women. Yep. So, um, but uh, yeah, so that's gonna be like October probably for us. So a couple of, a couple of fall Excellent. babies. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, so th- that being said, uh, the, this, this hiatus we were already going to take is, is probably going to be a little longer. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, lots of, uh, lots more children's movies in, in the future of this show, probably. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, speaking of, uh, speaking of kids stuff, Dustin. Yeah. Uh, you and I, but more importantly, you have been watching DuckTales lately on Disney plus. You've been I, watching it too. I have been watching. Yeah, I took your advice. I've been showing it to okay. my kids. They enjoy it as much as you know. Yeah, watching stuff in a row, but sure, they seem to enjoy the show, and then uh, it's Sweet. it's it's pretty cool. So um, yeah, I was I was gonna play a little ditty here, and then I was gonna talk Do to you it. about Ducktales. That sound good? It sounds good. All right, everyone. Here is a little bit from the trailer for Ducktales. Huey, facts come for me when I'm nervous. Dewey, nothing will stand in our Louie. No one cons my family but me. And... Webby! Secret passage! Yes! We've all got to make sacrifices. <laughs> we will brave the new frontier. Shock the unknown. Family times never felt this. Sorry, it's, that's the only that's like the, <laughs> the most premier trailer I could find. It's just some TV spot. <laughs> I was gonna say that's a very Disney Channel spot. Yeah, <laughs> Disney Channel. Oh Meet the kids, Huey, Dewey, Dewey, and, <laughs> and their wacky Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> So this is uh, the 2017 Ducktales, obviously with the, yeah. the new cast. Uh, um, yeah. And from 20, I said I just said the year a second ago. So yeah, on uh, I think it started on Disney XD when it first started yeah. airing, and and it's is it principally on Disney Plus now, or is that just where they're going? Uh, as it, they so the the show has ended. Um, okay, it is, and it now lives in in longevity on Disney Plus. Is that weird that it seems like it's that short or? Yeah, it's three seasons, sixty uh, something episodes, um, and uh, I, that's that's pretty par for the course for Disney um, you these know, days. They, because you expect them to have like seven or eight seasons when it comes to animation, but maybe it's just the the new age we're living in, where just content runs a small a short turnover is is a lot. Yeah, more. yeah, exactly. They just want new new IPs coming through every so often, yeah. um, which which sucks. Because uh, here, here's what I'm going to say about Ducktales. 
I, I'm going to give DuckTales freaking five stars. I, I loved DuckTales. It's a really um, well done show. I, I really loved the original DuckTales. I grew up on it. I remember vi- I have very vivid memories of like having that on VHS where it'd be like, you know, three or five episodes collected on one tape and and uh, just like watching it just over and over and over um and 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 loving every second of it and um and yeah so i've always loved ducktales and and the scrooge character's always been my, one of my favorite disney characters maybe like him and goofy are like they're they're my favorites um because they're the only characters that really are ever given an arc um, like, yeah. like Goofy gets to learn, you know, parenting through Max and, and Scrooge gets to learn how to not be a cheapskate, whether that's through like Mickey's Christmas Carol or this, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's kind of like learning how to be a better person. And, um, and so when this was initially announced in 2016 or whenever it was, um, initially I was like, oh crap, like they're going to crap all over the, the, the original and whatever. <laughs> and, you know, typical, uh, like cynic, like um, my childhood was the best. And, um, and, and then some images started coming out and I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool because it, it harkens back to the original comic strips. Um, so like the Carl, Carl Barks comics that were so popular. I never read them, but I know about them. And, uh, they're, they're a huge piece of, um, the the sequential art world in, in in terms of american comics um and um so so i i i really liked the look of it and then the cast was announced and again it's kind of like you can take it or leave it um because it seemed like a, a very like snl take on ducktales because right. you got um so david Tennant plays scrooge mcduck but you have danny pudi as huey Ben Schwartz as Dewey Duck. You have um, Bobby Moynihan as Louie. Uh, Beck Bennett is Launchpad. Um, luckily, they do get to keep Tony Anselmo as Donald Duck, which is great, although they routinely uh, create scenarios in which his voice gets altered, and he's typically voiced by Don Cheadle, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> you'll you'll encounter that. Yeah. Um, and um, and so, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Like the show's just wacky, fun adventure stuff. And that's what I always loved about it. It's like the kids version of Indiana Jones just told with ducks. And, you know, it's just fun and cool. And so th- this show, like 100 percent builds on what came before and create something new out of it. So um, in in the MCU style of shared universes, you will eventually over the course of the three seasons see uh, references to the gummy bears and see like big references to the gummy bears, um, gargoyles, uh, Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers, Goof Troop, Darkwing Duck plays a huge role in the show um, as, it, as it progresses. And so like it's building this huge universe out of what was the Disney afternoon stuff. There's a whole episode devoted to Tailspin. Um, oh. And and it's really fantastic the way that they're able to weave in these shows that existed into one cohesive story that's told through the lens of DuckTales. Um, and, and it's so great and such a love letter to um, the Disney afternoon 
uh, programming, which I grew up on. And so uh, I just really love it. Um, what's great about it is it's serialized. And there's some episodic episodes as well. And especially in the first season, it starts to be kind of ep- episodic and then eventually starts hinting at like this larger serialized story. Um, and then by the time the finale rolls around of season one, it's it's fully serialized at that point. And, and, and it will be for the remainder of the show. Um, it's not so serialized that you can't just like put on an episode and a kid enjoy it, but it's serialized enough that an adult watching it is like, Oh, like I'm keeping track of the larger arc. And like, this is a lot of fun. Um, so, um, while initially uh, the voice cast kind of bugged me, it really, really grew on me. And, and what I would say is I actually, I, I know this is sacrilege and I'm, I would never have said this or thought I would say this years ago, but I like this better than the original DuckTales. Um, <sighs> they, <laughs> they, this is how you do a reboot. You, you build on what came before and put more care and craft into it. So one thing that I think where this is most notable, um, in the original series, Rusey Taylor played Huey, Dewey, and Louie and played them all the same. It's the same voice for all three, uh, nephews. And also those, the nephews never really fight amongst themselves. It's like a hive mind. Yeah. So they'll yeah. fight with other people. <laughs> They're just but they clones. Don't, yeah, yeah, essentially they're yeah. clones. They don't fight amongst themselves usually. Yeah. Um and and as a kid, I had a hard time telling who was who? Like who's Huey, who's Dewey, who's Louie? Yeah. This show, because they're different voices, like I said, Danny Pudi, Ben Schwartz, Bobby Moynihan, the voices are different enough that that alone makes them differentiate. Um, but also you have um very specific character roles that these characters play. So like Huey is your uh, like leader type character. He's never really posited as a leader, but he's like very uh, rule bound. He likes the junior woodchucks guidebook and um, he's analytical and he's smart and intelligent. Um, Dewey is like a showboat. He's just like, I just want all eyes on me all the time. And Louie is kind of like a con man, like a young con man. And he wants to be rich like Scrooge, but do as little work as possible to get there. <laughs> um, and and so he's like this late. He's like the laid back one. Um, and and so by giving them all these individual characters, you really get to know them as characters. And that's what makes it work. Um, the character of Webby was never a big part of the original DuckTales. Like she was always there, but she is like she's just the pink one. Like it's just for girls to also voiced by Rusty Taylor. She's just the the character that girls can latch onto, And she's like very cutesy and like, you know, like uh, almost like bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls. She's like got a like stuffed animal, a little bear that she carries around with her and whatever. Super cutesy girl type character yeah. in this one. She's kind of like the most hardcore of all of them. And um, and and it's super fun and funny. And um, and she's obsessed with with Scrooge and the McDuck family and uh, wants to be a part of it so badly um, and, you know, forms a very fast friendship with the nephews. And anyway, it's a lot of fun. Um, Donald plays a bigger role in this um, than he does in the original series, which is great because I love Donald. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's just a great show. And so I do highly recommend it if you have kids or really if you're just looking for like a, a a fun little animated show to watch. This, this is good. And it's serialized enough that it'll keep you going episode to episode. Um, so, so I, I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, it's this kind of thing about like parenting is like, 
um, that I'm going to look forward to is showing things like this, where it's like, I can enjoy this. Yeah. I'm 32 and I can enjoy this show that is not made for me. I, this show is not made for me, but I, there's enough in it for me to enjoy that I, I can share this with my kids. And that's, I, I've heard this argument lately that American animation is really lacking in shows that have generational staying power. Um, so you have something like Batman the animated series, which like, kids watched and then they grew up and showed it to their kids. And then, you know, and everyone's like, well, are, are the kids growing up today going to have anything to show to their kids? That's going to stay like that. I think this is as close as you get. So, um, so I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. My kids have been enjoying, uh, dark tales, uh, whenever we do watch it. Um, so it's just nice to have something that, you know, like, like much else. I think I said before, like when we did our, um, our, uh, our, D23 episode, maybe? I don't know. It was the one yeah. where Disney announced like the billion properties they were yeah. making series out of. And I was like, well, at least I know that whatever's coming out of Disney is probably going to be kid-friendly enough to where I'm 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 okay with my kids watching it. I just hope it's good. You yeah. know? And so DuckTales falls under the auspices of um, I'm not worried about the content and the quality of the show is there. So perhaps it'll, yeah. you know, create... Um, you know, an expectation of quality in them going forward, or at least an ability to measure it. So, yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So, speaking of where, uh, speaking of um, uh, the Sonic uh, restaurant chain. So Ben Schwartz, speaking of yes, of, of actors who play blue characters. Ah, so yeah, that was giving me the second connection. But then you said Sonic yeah. at the end of the show, and I was like, oh, oh, I want to make make reference to this. There you go. Um, all right. So well, spe- speaking of uh, speaking of the of, of the Sonic restaurant chain, and of course of um, Ben Schwartz voicing, I wanted to revisit something real quick. So yeah. this weekend. I was actually able to watch Sonic the Hedgehog. You were about to die. <laughs> Is that all you got? No, but thank you for asking. Here comes the boom. How are you not dead? I have no idea. This is my power. That was an illegal left, by the way. And I'm using it to protect my friends. Blah, 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 blah. Let me know if you want to go around two with the blue. That was a little bit from the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog. This film is a film that I watched on. Where the hell did I watch this? Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> Could not remember. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, you saw this last year. Let's yeah. um, uh, remember when exactly, but. Um, would have been April-ish. Yeah. I think, it the, I think it's still the last movie I've seen in theaters. Oh, okay. Well, uh, so yeah, we've got uh, this film. So I'm not going to full-blown go through it. I just wanted to... That episode was a pre-recorded one for you and I, so we didn't even discuss it. We just we mm-hmm. just compi- combined solo reviews and put the episode out. So mm-hmm. um, directed by Jeff Fowler, um, starring the voice of Ben Schwartz as Sonic the Hedgehog, and you've also got James Marsden as The Human. Um and Jim Carrey as uh, Doctor Robotnik here. So, um, so yeah, I gave this a three and a half stars. Um, you know, I again, not much else, to, not much really to say about it except to just contribute to to our coverage of this movie. But um, 
you know, I wasn't expecting a lot, especially with what led up to it and the redesign and, and everything. And, and, I, and your review was, I don't know, it was weird because it was a positive one, but I still felt lukewarm about the movie going into it because you had said like, I mean, this was this film was pretty much everything I expected and maybe a little more, I think is what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, what was uh, my star rating? Do you remember? I don't remember your star rating, okay. um, but I remember you saying there were some things that just didn't that, that there was things that they did in the movie that opened up too many questions about Sonic. Like, yeah. you know, if he has to, if he has to eat, does that mean he poops? Like just yes, stuff like I that. Do, you know? I do remember that. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't think about that much. Because um, he farts in the, in, in the movie. Right. So, um, we watched it twice. So I saw this movie in its entirety in some pieces, but mm-hmm. Um, I gave it a three and a half. I'd say a high three and a half because I just enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. My kids loved it. Um, I thought that the jokes, uh, the jokes that worked were worked well, and the jokes that didn't were at least quick and and, and we could move on. There was no stopping yeah. the movie for a joke for the most part. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, so they're quick, if not sometimes like unnecessarily topical, like um. You know, but there's clever ones in there, like how much Sonic hates mushrooms. I'm guessing that's a reference to Mario, um, yeah, probably, or a dig at Mario. But uh, it was just I don't know stuff like that. I liked. Um, I loved Jim Carrey in here, who's clearly enjoying himself. And I really, I, what I came for was the the running sequences. I was like, yeah. all right, are these gonna be, are these gonna be awesome? And yeah. they were very yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um. So my kids loved it. At the very end, when he's like going super fast and uh, the ship, my son stood up. He's like, "Go, Sonic, go!" <laughs> and it, it was it was great. It was everything yeah. I you know. So my kids enjoyed it, and uh, and I enjoyed it. So if you yeah. have kids, um, or you just like fun movies, Sonic the Hedgehog is on Hulu, and uh, I thought it was pretty flipping sweet. Yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I've watched it, I think, once since my initial review. Uh, yeah. So since theaters, and and I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've recently come to the opinion, and I, I don't know if you have anything to add to this, but I've recently come to the opinion that I really like Sonic more as a film and TV character than as a video game character. Like when I think back about the things that I've loved about Sonic, yeah, the video games, sure, yeah. but. I like that character. Yeah. Um, and so when you think about like Mario or Link or Donkey Kong, it's like, <laughs> yeah. these are great characters. These are like great designs and yeah. great games, but there's not much in terms of character. There's no character. But but with Sonic, like even though this is a very different Sonic than the Sonic you would see in most, you know, adaptations. Yeah. Uh, because this is like more childish or or whatever. Yeah. Like it's, it's, a, it's a less cocky, uh, confident Sonic, um, it still is is Sonic, yeah. and there's still a character there, and and you could see how like maybe in another movie or two he'll get to that Sonic that we know. Um, so I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah, me too. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the the set photos from Sonic Two that they've been shooting. You showed me some stuff. Yeah, it looks fantastic because yeah. Tails and Knuckles are in full. Like, like they're in the movie, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I'm psyched for it. So if, if we can lean more into Sonic and less into generic man character, <laughs> um, then, then I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd love to see more. Like you said in your review, there's the doors open for Jim Carrey to continue in the series. And I really hope he does because yeah. just a little bit we got of him at the end of this movie that yeah. where he's changed is like, 
that's cool. I'd like to see yep. more of this. So exactly. Uh, he was great. Every scene with him, I was like, I just can't wait to see what he does. Just every little thing he did. Like one of my favorite yeah. jokes is, um, um, said I was still spitting out. I was still spitting out. I was spitting out formulas before you were spitting out formula. And he said, <laughs> I was breastfed actually. And he's like, nice rub nice. that my orphan face <laughs> and i was like what i was like yeah, feeding my son or something i was like way. yeah <laughs> so strange and you know, absurdist and i just yes. that's what kids movies should have because kids don't know what the hell that means they just right. know that this character is petty and mean and, and yep. bitter about something but as the adult you're like oh okay it's a weird layer of characterization that oddly explains why he's such a self-motivated you know whatever mm -hmm. so yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog. It was, it was fun. I'm glad. I'm glad that they're making the sequel and uh, and doing more. So, yeah. Imagine if they had stuck to the original design, Ugh. and imagine the movie had still made enough money to make a sequel. You'd have a whole series of films that are now stuck with this design. Like <clears throat> we can't Go change it. Goblin yeah, it, Sonic. You could, but then you know what people would do? They would never go back and watch this movie because they'd be Correct. like, yeah, remember that terrible design? And then like they'd have to George Lucas that thing and, and go back on the special edition of Sonic and, and yep. redesign him then. And, redesign him. And then, you know, while we're at it, why don't we just make, you know, James Marsh a little bit, little bit younger and let's put some new jokes in, you know. Why don't I just take him out? It's all Sonic. Yeah, we'll the, just the paint him out. Thirty-five minutes long. <laughs> yeah, Sonic already talks to himself in the first act, anyways. Why don't we just it's make true. the James Marsden character another Sonic? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we'll make his wife another Sonic. Yes. <laughs> we'll make uh, what's his name? The crazy guy. He's another Sonic. Yes, everyone believe is that Sonic. Sonic exists. <laughs> 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 all right, that's good. All right. We're going to go to break. <laughs> when we get back, uh, I want to talk about a couple of, well, just one, bring up a, uh, an, a thoughtful article to you. Okay. And we're going to talk about what's coming up on streaming uh, at the beginning of this month because it's June. And yep. we're going to talk about Sound of Metal, which yeah. uh, was nominated and won some awards. Yeah, a couple. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Back in a minute, Hoopercast Movie Hour. On the Hoopercast yeah. Movie Hour. Um, as for what is coming up on streaming, like I said, for your June pleasure, there's uh, this TV Guide article. And so for Netflix, on June 4th, this weekend, man, I say I keep not wanting to date the show, but I keep saying this in June and what month mm -hmm. it is and everything. June 4th, Sweet Tooth, which is that new series by Team Downey. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, based on a DC comic, I believe, about this yes. half deer, half boy. Mm -hmm. So that's debuting or dropping. I guess that's the whole yeah series. The whole series. Yeah, the whole season anyway. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So that's coming up. Okay, so Hulu, I've got nothing. Uh, look, at the beginning of the month on these platforms, there's always a big dump of movies. So you can click on this list and look at the beginning of the month for each streaming service and see what happens to be on it. Because there's stuff in here I'd recommend, but this segment would take forever if I did that. So I'm not going to mm -hmm. go through and talk about everything that that happens to start this month that I thought was an okay movie. But I will mm -hmm. say that what is on Hulu is Shrek 1 and 2, which I also watched this weekend. It's the 20th anniversary of Shrek coming out also. 
um, 20 years. 20 years. Wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, while we've kind of make fun of that movie, you know, in that franchise, when you go back to like just the first Shrek, you kind of realize like, oh, that was really groundbreaking. And in a yeah. lot of ways, and, and, uh, you know, the series kind of became a weird parody of itself, but that first film was actually really different. And, um, and, and, and fun and interesting. And, um, there's a whole article. I can't remember if I shared it on the show way back when, but there's a, there's an article somewhere. I think it was on cinema blend about how that movie was just a giant middle finger to Disney because Jeffrey Katzenberg had, 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 la- had, had been recently like kind of pushed out. Mm-hmm. And so it was all about subverting the princess genre. Yep. Um, and you know, and there's all this stuff about how Chris Farley was originally supposed to be Shrek and then he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so it's crazy. So anyway, the story behind the making of Shrek is interesting, and the film itself is is really good. And Shrek yeah. Two is pretty decent, but that's the start, the beginning of. Now we're going to make these very self referential and mixed results. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I never even saw the fourth one. I don't think I have either. Yeah, is there a fifth? I don't think there is. I don't think so. <laughs> I but hope I, there's not there for its be. sake. Yeah. The fifth movie is listening right now. Like, yes, uh, no. no, we exist. Um, on Amazon, there's nothing coming out, uh, this weekend. Although I will say, like I just said, I wouldn't do a second ago, but fight club is on there. So is Ali. If you wanted to check those out and to watch Ali pretty soon, I'm making a list. So I now know where to find it. Also on Amazon at the end of this month on June 25th, this is relevant if you're me. So this is to myself. The final season of Bosch drops on June 25th. This is a show my wife and I have been watching and uh, we watched it pretty much during the whole pandemic or, you know, the 2020 part of the pandemic and uh, final season coming. So Mm. I'm excited for that. So that's what I'll be doing. I'll probably have a review of that uh, right before, right after we finish Loki. Um, Disney Plus. So June 4th, you can catch Raya and the Last Dragon if you didn't see it during premium access. So it's coming to the service permanently. Mm -hmm. There's also a new Marvel Studios Legends episode. I'm sure it's probably about Loki because Loki is debuting on June 9th, a Wednesday. That's kind of weird, don't you think, to have those dropping on Wednesdays? Yeah, I don't know what the marketing strategy was to move it up two days, uh, but okay. I think maybe, I don't know if they were trying to get clear the way for Black Widow and just not do it on Fridays, but still like a week and a half before that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Okay. So all the Harry Potter films are now on HBO Max. So that's cool. Um, And that's on June 1st. So, and then also, so, so now, and then we've got just a, again, I said I wouldn't do this, but Matchstick Man is on HBO Max. That's a good film. If you've never seen it. Um, and June 4th is the debut of The Devil Made Me Do It, the new film of the Conjuring universe. The second Conjuring is also now on HBO Max. Dustin, you are watching all those, are you not? I am. Have you watched the second one yet? I have not watched the second one yet. Well, it's on HBO Max now, so now, you can, now you can find it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was on Netflix previously. Okay. Well, yeah, they're, they they pulled it all over now, so yep. um, made it easy for everybody. So yeah. Um, all right. So speaking earlier of Amazon and in a second of Amazon, I want to talk to you about this uh, this New York Times article, and I thought it was interesting because we recently have had the merger or deal, I suppose, between Amazon and MGM Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie studio. And so this affects a bunch of properties, but it principally for most people affects 
the James Bond IP. Yep. So this is an op-ed on, well, okay, a guest essay by John Logan, the screenwriter John Logan, who has written many films that, that we love, that I love, uh, including two James Bond films, Spectre and Skyfall. Skyfall. Um, mm-hmm. lo- uh, I was going to say Logan. Why did I say that? <laughs> Not Logan. Um, Rango. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Sweeney Todd and you know, a bunch of films that you would have heard of. So um, his big thing was, the, again, click on the link in the show notes and read it, but his opinion is essentially, um, okay, but this could not be great for the character. Since mm-hmm. right now, Amazon owns 50% of 007, we 50-50 with the Broccoli Wilson family who have shepherded this property ever since its inception in film um and it's a big warning about what happens when a you know stuff that we know when 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 corporate when when content becomes corporate owned it becomes less about quality and more about quantity um uh he says that um the reason we're still watching Bond movies after more than 50 years is that the family has done an extraordinary job of protecting the character through the thickets of movie making and changing public tastes. Corporate partners come and go, but James Bond endures. He endures precisely because he is being protected by people who love him. He says the current deal with Amazon gives Barbara and Michael, the broccoli and um, uh, Wilson, uh, who own 50% of the Bond empire, ironclad assurances of, of continued artistic control. But will this always be the case? What happens if a uh, bruising corporation like Amazon begins to de- demand a voice in the process? What happens to the comradeship and quality quality control if there's an Amazonian overlord with analytics parsing every decision? What happens when focus groups report they don't like Bond drinking martinis or killing quite so many people? And that English accent's a bit alienating, so could we have more Americans in the story for marketability? So um, I thought this was interesting to share. It's pretty short, too. It's not that long of a piece um, if you're averse to long articles you freaking person but low um, attention span low attention span gen z (laughs) being person um but uh i thought it was worth bringing up because not to you know none of us are trying to be the canary in the coal mine to the very big obvious amazon bought something here's what it could mean i think everyone knows what it means when a big company because everyone made a big deal about disney buying fox and you know there's confirmation bias or, 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 you know, uh, or conclusion bias on, on either side of that argument, you know, but you know, this is another large company buying another company with properties to the, the things you love. Now, is that going to end the world? No. Um, but does it kind of suck, uh, potentially? Yeah. I don't know. Did you, what did you think of when you heard uh, about all this or, or read the article? Um, so a couple things. I mean, first of all, uh, it, it can sound a little bit like you're blowing things out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, they're not going to want him to be English anymore yeah. and he's not going to drink martinis and possibly, and, possibly. And, yeah. and, and, and I get it right. Like you, you worry about these franchises and these characters that you love, um, and, and that, that he's written for. Um, so, so it makes sense, but, but he has, a nugget of truth in there, which is anytime a corporate entity comes in and takes over any amount of the creative process, it can be detrimental. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm of the opinion that Bond needs a little bit of a makeover. Um, 
I I don't think that that's going to come from a, a big corporation. No. I think that's going to come from the hard work of creatives and from people who are passionate about that character and about that that franchise doing the hard work of reinvigorating him the way that they did with Casino Royale. And I know that that was not very long ago, but it's long enough ago now that sensibilities have changed even since then that that to me make Bond need a makeover. That was 15 years ago. Yes. Isn't that nuts? It is crazy. Um, and yeah, cause I remember being in high school watching yeah. that film and, <laughs> and, um, and, and it's crazy because, um, you know, y- you, you want these characters to grow and mature and become relevant or, or not become relevant, stay relevant. Right. Um, uh, but, but again, that's not going to come because a big corporation says we need money, which is what they're going to say it's going to come from the collaboration between that corporation that says we need money and most importantly, the creatives who care. And so as long as the creatives are still given some assurance of control, um, I'm okay with this. Um, yes. For how long? Uh, I don't know if this next bond movie isn't profitable. If the next one isn't profitable, if the next one isn't profitable and, and I say profitable, of course it'll be profitable. Will it be as profitable as Amazon wants it? That's the question. Yeah. If, if it, if it is any, in any way, a disappointment to Amazon action could be taken that could see them saying, Hey, look, uh, we own this now. So we want this and our, our tests say this. So give us this. And uh, he needs a he needs a a dog sidekick and right. like whatever it may be and and you you want to believe that the creatives would have the ability to say no that's stupid right um, uh, of course I'm not going to give him a dog named James Bark I'm, it's <laughs> it, it's going to be you know whatever and or and, money um, puppy James Bone. <laughs> um, <laughs> Money puppy. <laughs> oh. There's a lot I can think of. <laughs> yeah, that's if I think it. That's of any others, got. I'll put them in the show notes. All right, sounds good. Um, and uh, you know, Q I think to puppy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, <clears throat> Sky Paul. Sky- uh, <laughs> um, the the. <laughs> Barkfeld. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, yeah. Uh, if if there's like um, any way to make sure that the creatives retain that control, that's going to be for the best. And um, and it seems like they are for now playing ball and, and making sure that that's going to be the case. I hope it continues to be the case, and I hope that the the Wilsons. Can the Wilson Broccoli family uh, considers giving Bond a, a makeover after this? Um, I've always been like opposed to a lot of things with Bond that have been rumored throughout the years, and at this point, I'm 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 just saying like I just want the character to mean more than he means right now. Yeah. Um. And so whatever whatever gets me there, I'm okay with. Um. So we'll see what happens. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always scary when a big corporation takes over any amount of creative control. So we'll leave it at that. John Logan writes, from my experience, here's what happens to movies when such concerns start invading the creative process. Everything gets watered down to the most anodyne and easily consumable version of itself. The movie becomes an inoffensive shadow of a thing. 
not the thing itself. There are no more rough edges or flights of cinematic madness. The fire and passion are gradually drained away as original ideas and voices are subsumed by commercial concerns, corporate oversight, and polling data. And probably toys, you know, yeah. to, to to an extent, and merchandising. How many yeah. how many T shirts with James Bond can we sell, or lunch boxes, or backpacks, or video games, or whatever, you know, you know, yeah. if you want to market the movie to kids, that talking dog, or that that talking dog. There's the idea. Yeah. The dog. Yeah. Hey, he needs to talk. He talks. We need to have one movie where Q James gives Bond, him a collar that yeah, lets him yeah. talk. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. And he tells Bond. His <laughs> voice by by uh, Chris Rock. <laughs> It's Kevin Hart. It's, yeah, it's Kevin Hart. It's Kevin Hart. Yeah. Why you guys sleep with so many women? <laughs> you like, don't respect them? Quiet, dog. Oh, Quiet, man. <laughs> and then James Bond wouldn't do what I feel like Bond would do to someone who questions his motives. Is He can't kick the dog because he can't kick children. the dog. Right. Well, not just because of children. It's wrong anyways. But it's, it's <laughs> correct. Correct. Joe Pesci should voice the dog. No, he shouldn't. <laughs> he should. That would be fantastic. Uh, Bond would sit down at the bar. Martini shaking, not stud. And then, and then you just hear, "Hey, hey, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? You can't be drinking on the job." Hey, it's ten a.m. What are you talking? What are you doing? What are you doing there? What are you thinking? Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him. You hey. are not a good influence. Oh, hey, him. He, hey, he's doing stuff over here. <laughs> I feel like I got my head in a vice. He's drinking on the job, eh? Oh, it's a collar. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, that's that's the article from New York Times from John Logan. So I I I always like when people who don't normally write articles <laughs> write yeah. an article because then I go, oh. Yep. You know, when when something like that, like when a New York Times article pops up on my film news aggregator, I'm always like, oh, what's this? Yeah. You know. Yep. All right. Um, speaking of what's this, uh, we're gonna talk one more time tonight. Uh, about a movie. The film is Sound of Metal. Your hearing is deteriorating rapidly. We'll come back. Till then, Lou, we just keep going, okay? No. Lou, no. let's play tomorrow. Let's see what it's like, okay? I'm gonna be like a click track. You can play to me. You have to understand your first responsibility is to preserve the hearing you have. I can't hear you. Do you understand me? I can't. I'm deaf. I'm dead. That's a little from the trailer for Sound of Metal. Mm-hmm. This is an Amazon original film, and it is starring Riz Ahmed principally. And we've also got in here Olivia Cook, Paul Racy. Mm-hmm. Guess so. All right, directed by Darius Martyr. I almost said murder, kind of like that Muppets joke <laughs> from earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, so this, uh, Dustin, you saw this. Was this recently that you watched this? Yeah, it was recent. Um, I know this came out 2019, I think, is when it started making the festival uh, run. Yeah, um, at, at uh, TIFF in September yeah. 2019. Yep, and then and then it kind of, I think, got bigger in 2020 and uh, popped up on Amazon, I think, in 2020. Yeah. Um, so, so it, it's been a while. I've I've known I've wanted to see this for a while, um, but honestly, I never watched a trailer. Didn't know what it was about, other than uh, metal music and uh, and like uh, hearing loss. That's all I knew. Right. 
Um, so, so that is basically the story. The story is um, Riz Ahmed plays a character um, named Ruben, and Ruben is a drummer for a heavy metal duo. Um, it's it's himself and his girlfriend Lou, um, and they are uh, kind of gigging around and playing music and living in a in a van and uh, kind of doing the 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 circuit. And, um, and they're small time, but they're, they've got dreams of being bigger and, and that kind of thing. And, um, and then one day at a gig, his hearing, uh, kind of goes out. He's got a ringing in his ears and it's really hard to get through that set, but he does. Um, and he wakes up the next morning and it's still just as bad. So he leaves Lou in bed and he goes to the doctor and gets the bad news that, Hey, your, your hearing is awful. Um, you, you are, you have lost it. I, th- I believe it was like one ear at 24% hearing and the other one at 26. Like you, you have very little hearing left. Um, you need to do what you can to preserve that hearing. And if you so choose at some point in time to maybe get cochlear implants, um, then that may be an option for you down the road. That's going to cost, you know, 40 to $60,000. Um, and insurance doesn't cover it. Um, so, so you need to, you know, be thinking long-term about this. Um, but in the meantime, preserve what you have. Yeah. And so he goes, he's kind of stubborn. He decides to play again. Um, and, uh, and, and in so doing, um, he, he, what you see in the trailer there, he, he really can't make it work. Um, and so his girlfriend decides to take him to a place and this is sort of the, the whole uh, backbone of the film here to take him to a place where he'll learn how to be deaf. Um, they're going to teach him sign language. They're going to teach him, you know, just how to get along with what hearing he has left, which can feel to someone like him, like surrendering to the situation. Like and if I go here, I'm admitting that we can't reverse this. Now I'm just deaf. A hundred percent. And, and because he is an ex addict um mm. there's this element of like uh rehabilitation to it that he uh is familiar with as an ex addict yeah. but also not super into like doing this for hearing reasons and and then because of this profound uh change in his life of course the the addiction is coming back Right. This, this pull on him to, uh, get high again. And so, um, so yeah, Ruben is that is a character and I love characters like this who are kind of at a crossroads. Um, it's, it's exactly what you, what you described. It's, I, I have hope that things are going to get better. I'm being told that they won't realistically, they won't. And I'm going to have to learn how to be deaf. Um, but can I let that, hearing enabled part of me die and move on and become a new version of myself. And that's the, that's the big crux of the story. Um, this is, this is, um, a fantastic story and, and, and I loved every second of it. Um, I, I have this weird, uh, like, 
thing when it comes to like the the five senses and stories of people who have them and lose them uh like you know i lost my vision or i lost my my hearing uh like that those those are super impactful stories to me so i'm immediately drawn in and like locked into this story um and and especially for somebody who uh is so reliant on his hearing for what he does for a living yep um it's it's just incredibly impactful and and it makes complete sense it doesn't feel like just some like coincidence right like being a a gigging musician can lead to hearing loss yeah um like that's a that's an actual phenomenon that's happening it's not a coincidence it's it's a cause and effect um at least it can be and so um yeah what i loved about this film so first of all the performances uh Riz Ahmed is fantastic in this, um, and 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 this does a fantastic job of bringing to life a character that's struggling in just about every conceivable way. Um, Olivia Cook does a great job. You know, I love Olivia Cook from Bates Motel, like years ago, um, and and she does a great job here. Um, she is sort of the heart of it in that, uh, even though she. Um, even though she's not necessarily there when he's at this camp, at this retreat, he is, she's her, her, her presence is felt. And, um, and so even though she kind of disappears after the first act for a little while, um, she, she stays in your memory, which is great. Um, Paul Racy, uh, I don't, I'm not familiar with him, but he is the, I think he's the runaway in this. Like he is so good at this role and, and without spoiling anything or talking about what he has to deliver, he is fan flipping tastic. Mm. And, uh, and so big, big shout out to him. Um, yeah, it's just a really impactful moving film. Um, the way that I described this is for me in terms of star rating four stars, um, and the way that I describe this is it is a fantastic film that's brought down by its third act. Um, and, and in fact, I remember reading recently a tweet from James Gunn where he said something along the lines of like good films, uh, or maybe he said great films fall apart in the third act. Yeah. Um, bad films fall apart in the first and second acts. Yeah. Um, and, and so it opened this dialogue where it's like, well, so what does that mean? Are you saying that all great films have bad third acts or what are you saying? And no, he's just saying like a film can still be great, right. but fall apart in the third act. Yeah. That's what happens here for me. Okay. Um, it's a great film and was well on its way. Like if I had stopped this halfway through and someone said, what's your star rating? I would have said five stars. Mm hmm. Right. But then that third act comes along without going into spoilers. I can't really talk about what exactly it is with that third act. I can't break it down. But what I will say is I think the film is still worth seeing. There's there is a fantastic film here um, that um, maybe you won't be quite as sensitive as I am to the third act and maybe you'll love it. Maybe this is a five-star film for you. Um, and that's, that's great. There are some things that I couldn't quite get past. Um, and so for that reason, it, it knocks it down to a four for me, but, uh, darn, if this isn't very close to being a perfect film, if it wasn't for that third act. Um, so 
So um, if if you have any interest in the film or in the subject matter, which um, again, that's what drew me to it. I knew hearing loss. That's all. I, that's all that I needed to know to know I want to see this. Um, and and so much of the film is you know told through. ASL and um, and kind of like just non-dialogued yeah. looks past camera just visual like storytelling exactly yeah. it's such a such a fantastic thing and and we we talked recently when we saw Concrete Cowboy um, it, it sort of uh, shows you a part of the world that you didn't really know much about yeah this really does that for me I mean I knew I, I definitely know more about the hearing. Uh, loss that that the the deaf community than I did about the the Fletcher Street, Street Riders, but I it's just so cool to see it on screen yeah. in such an honest and authentic way. So I um I just loved it and and uh, and I would recommend it. I I think that that third act drags it down, but I would recommend it. It's always good to see movies, especially like you're saying with like that have everything to do with like just uh, what sounds to me like the human spirit, like where, how even when things happen to you, there's, there's you, you normalize or inspire people to be like, that doesn't have to be the end of what you're doing. Like there's plenty of people who live with not all five of their senses and have fulfilling lives, find new life within all this. And, you know, um, so it's 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 good when movies are made about that in general, but it's all it's also better when they're 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 good films. Like I remember, I remember I liked The Way so much mm-hmm. because it was just a simple movie about kindness. When, when when a movie can do that, and then also like just be have great performances, mm-hmm. you know that's that's worth yeah, checking out. Great performances, great cinematography, direction. Mm-hmm. It's a great. It's a great script. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just one of those things where, um, it, it really makes you think like if this were me, right? Like if I woke up tomorrow with uh, a quarter hearing in both ears, yeah. what, what, what do I do? Yeah. Uh, how, how do I deal with that? Yeah. Um, and, and you, I think you, I think you can see a lot of yourself in this character in Ruben, um, the struggle to, have hope that like, it's going to get better. Yeah. Right. Like I have to do something versus the mentality of, okay, well let me accept this impairment and adjust to that. Um, you know, that's a, that's a tough situation to be in and it's a situation that a lot of people do find themselves in. And, and that's what it, it, it makes me think of is, how how would I fare in this situation? Right. So uh so yeah, I, I latched on and you know I, I think you will too. Yeah. I'm gonna check it yeah. out. It's on yeah. my list for sure. Um, all right, that's gonna be it for the tonight's discussion of these movies. Uh, but we will return uh next time to talk about more movies. I'm haven't gotten into my list. Uh I'm still plowing through the Fast and the Furious movies, so I'll do that at some point. And I'm also going to probably get into uh, uh, best films of 2001. I'm going to do, I've decided. Uh, So that might take me a little bit. (laughs) I don't know when I'm going to have time for all that, uh, but I'd like to do it. So um, 
I don't know. That's going to arrive in some form or fashion. Fellowship of the Ring, was that 2001? That was 2001. I'd have to look at this list again, but I'm pretty sure that was 2001. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff on this on this list that I haven't. Uh, where even, where is this thing? Where did that list go? It's somewhere. Um, I'm in a Lord of the Rings mood right now because of a that podcast I sent you earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Here's the, yeah. So I've got a bunch of stuff. So I have a big list of what I've seen, you know, just to remind myself. And then there's a bunch that I missed. And there's really only a few films I missed in 2001 that I want to see before I make this list. So I've got The Mummy Returns, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, AI, Artificial Intelligence, Legally Blonde, Waking Life, Amelie, The Man mm. Who Wasn't There, Heist, The Royal Tenenbaums, and mm. Ali. Okay. Um, but most anything else, again, I'm not going to watch every film that came out in 2001. That's too many movies. I'm going to watch all the ones that I either, that either have staying power from, from since then. It's part of yeah. the reason I'm doing this is like, what movies from that time are we still talking about or reference today? Yeah. And most of them I've seen. Um, and if I have time, I'll see some of them again that I haven't seen in a while, like, like Pearl Harbor. The Michael Bay mm-hmm. movie or yeah. Saving Silverman or The Mexican with Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Like, okay, I'll check this out real quick. But for the most sure. part, I, I know how I'd rank these already. It's just more like, okay, w- does my has my opinion changed since some of those I only I saw in 2001 and I have not seen since. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's part of the whole experiment. So yep. I'm, uh, I'm going to test myself in that sense. Sweet. Anyways. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next time. More movies. Uh, Oh, goody. Oh, goody. Oh, goody. Oh, goody. You, goody.